0: Welcome to the Kickstart Your Book Sales Podcast with USA Today bestselling authors Russell Nolte and Monica Lionel where you'll learn how to supercharge your book sales, go aggressively wide, and take your author career to the next level. Hello everyone, Monica Lionel here and today I thought I would answer some questions about the month of pre launch marketing that we recommend. So Russell is not here today he is busy. He uh, so so. You just have me, but I figured I would jump in and answer some questions that we get pretty frequently about the pre-launch marketing. Um, and we often we don't usually have time to address these questions during our Q and A's, just because you know a lot of our questions tend to be more on the beginner side. But I thought it would be fun to address some of them today. So one question that we get is, um, and really this this question we do, we've answered this question a lot. Um, it is, uh, how can we bring, how can I bring more people to the Kickstarter if I don't have a large fan base, if I don't have a newsletter? Um, so the first thing I would say is that you're not going to get around the fact that you have to build a newsletter for your books. Um, like you're not, I I don't know any author who is massively successful that does not have a newsletter of some sort. Like you have to have that direct relationship with your readers um, and you have to kind of continue to nurture it. Uh, So that, that has to happen. So if you don't have a newsletter, you should start one. (laughs) There's no reason not to start one uh, for most authors, but I I would say for all authors, but then there's going to be somebody who says like, Oh, I have an actual reason. And then, you know, they, I don't know, they, they want me to say like, yes, that's, that's a good reason. Um, but, but, you know, there's not, there's not a ton of good reasons not to start a newsletter. So definitely do that. So if you don't have a large fan base, um, that's kind of a different story of, you know, maybe you have a newsletter but not a ton of people have signed up for it. And for most authors, I would say like 99% of authors don't actually have a large fan base. Um so to me, I don't think you need a large fan base to do a Kickstarter campaign. You do need an email list of people who are responsive. You do need um you need marketing, you need you probably need social media. Um, you need a way to reach people, basically. Um, and, you know, the large, the large fan base thing, it's a different thing where um, I believe, and Russell and I um, have studied this, we have a lot of data on this, that retailers mostly create, they create readers, they don't necessarily create fans. Um, so not that you won't have any fans from being a very popular author on a retailer, but Um, most people don't actually bring their readers all the way deep into their fandom. Uh, So, you know, your email list, you can, you can have an email list. It can even be a successful email list. It maybe doesn't even have um, a ton of fans on it. Uh, You know, you may have a readership, you may email them and they one click your book on Amazon, uh, but they don't, they're, they're not really willing to do much beyond that. And so for for that reader, I would say they're still they're still just a reader. I would not say they're a fan. To me, a fan is somebody who's going to um, switch platforms for you. They're going to uh, you know like buy spend more money. They're going to buy more things. Um, they want to have artifacts of your work in their home. Um, and, and so think about it this way: like if somebody, like let's say somebody listens to Taylor Swift on Spotify. But then Taylor Swift pulls her catalog from Spotify, which she actually has done in the past because um, she's just that big of an author. So she was able, or sorry, a musician, she was able to uh, stand up to Spotify at some point and, and streaming services. And so let's say she pulled her catalog from Spotify. If you were somebody who was like, okay, I just won't like, I'm a Spotify lover, so I won't listen to Taylor Swift anymore. I would not call that person a fan of Taylor Swift. I would call them a listener of Taylor Swift, but they are not a fan of Taylor Swift because they are not willing to follow her from like they're, they're not, their loyalty is not to her as a, as like a listener. Their loyalty is to Spotify. They like Spotify more than they like Taylor Swift. And so I would just say, um, you know, Taylor Swift is not building her business on people who would not switch from Spotify to some other platform to listen to her music. And I think the same is true for authors. You if you have a bunch of readers but they aren't willing to switch to a new platform to um, get something cool from you, then they're they are readers, they're not fans. Um, so I I believe this is a long tangent for I don't even know if there's a reason for this, but I believe that most authors don't even have that big of a fan base. Um, we see people all the time where they, you know, they've had like half a million people or a million people read a book, read or read a series of theirs on a retailer and they get over to Kickstarter and they can't, they don't even have like a thousand people backing their campaign. Um, we've seen that before and that means you, you have a lot of casual readers. That's great, but you don't have, um, as many fans as maybe you thought you did um so which is which is not a criticism of any of, of anyone and and we don't mean it that way like you achieved something awesome if you have a million casual readers like that's a, that's incredible that's a perfectly reasonable way to make a living in indie author publishing forever it's just to have casual readers um but you know we like that there is a reality check there of like, well, your fan base is a thousand people or less um, because if your fan base was larger than that, that you would have more people backing your Kickstarter campaign. Um, So we don't think we, we think like most authors are starting from, um I won't say zero, but like near zero in proportion to what they're doing on retailers. Um So, so like, yeah, there's some scale there, but not a ton. Um, like, uh, we don't see anybody who's like a mo- like a million dollar author on a retailer who is getting you know thirty thousand or fifty thousand backers right out of the gate on Kickstarter. We just don't see that. We see them getting you know a thousand to three thousand backers on Kickstarter, um, and that's fine. But like, instead, but three thousand compared to a million readers. Uh, that's essentially zero. <laughs> it's like close to zero when you scale it down. So we, I, I don't think that's a big deal. I don't think it's a big deal if you don't have a fan base. I think if you have a newsletter, if you have a way to get your stuff out to some people, you are now going to use Kickstarter to build your fan base. And and we talk we talk more about that elsewhere. So um, I will. I will kind of get off my soapbox about that. Um, But I just wanted, I just wanted to like kind of explain that because, um, I don't, I think most people kind of overestimate how important having a fan base is and then other people overestimate how big their fan base is to begin with. All right. So, um, Let's see. Um, another question we get asked about this. Okay. I guess I should say this pre-launch. We really talk about a couple of things. One is that independently we would like to see you have a newsletter and have, um, some sort of social media and maybe know how to target your audience via ads. Um, so you can have all three of those things, You can maybe have one or two of those things if you have that we consider you to have a platform um so then the next step to us is get your campaign approved and get a pre-launch page i will show you what the pre-launch page looks like um and this is my pre-launch page right now let me share my screen for those of you who are just listening i'm just showing a pre-launch page um And it's basically just an image. It's got a title. It's got me as the creator. It's got um, like a couple sentences as a description, and then there's a button that says "Notify me on launch." And right now, I have 146 followers on my upcoming campaign that um, I was supposed to launch. You know, uh, like actually, I was supposed to launch it uh, today, but I I can't (laughs) because it's not ready to go. So I'll probably launch it next week. Um, So. This campaign, though, um, you know, I have uh, like the pre-launch page. The thing that's great about it is that you can kind of test how how interested people are in your project um, before you launch it. And you can also wait until you hit a certain amount of followers before you launch the campaign. Um, so this pre-launch page... The other thing it does, so so what you do is you have this page, it's a landing page, you send people to it, ask them to get notified, at, like ask them to follow the campaign. Um, and the nice thing about this is that they have to have a Kickstarter account to be able to follow. So they have to set that up. Um, are they willing to set that up to follow your campaign? So that's kind of a, you know, like I won't say it's a true test of whether someone's a fan or not, but it is a test of, whether, of how much somebody is excited about your stuff. Um, so getting that getting that page up, getting people to follow you, um, it gives you numbers going into your campaign. Kind of tells you how many people are interested. But the other thing is that when you launch your campaign, all of these people will get an email from Kickstarter. Um, so that's, that's really valuable saying like, Hey, this campaign launched and that people will then over the course of a couple of a couple days, they should go and check it out and, you know, consider backing. It's very helpful if you also have your own email list and your own social media and your own ads. Um, you know, ads figured out so that you can also send an email and also post about it. And so that they're seeing that message from multiple, um, multiple point touch points, they're getting multiple touch points for that. So, um, that is, that is really valuable. So do the pre-launch page. Uh, we always recommend doing the pre-launch page a month before your campaign and Russell has an email sequence that helps you get your, Get people from um, your email list to follow your Kickstarter campaign. So all of that is good. Um, so, so there's that. And then the uh, the next thing that we recommend um, for pre-launch is really it, it would it would be a couple of things. One is like we recommend you doing some sort of effort ahead of time to get people into your campaign um we recommend so um gosh like like something that worked well for me last time worked well for our campaign last time is that we did a we did like a giveaway um and we we encouraged like one of the things that they could do to get like virality points on this giveaway was to follow the project and a lot of those people did end up backing so um sometimes people will not follow the campaign because they're like eh like they're probably going to email me when it comes out. I don't need to follow it. Um, But uh, you can get, you can do things to increase those followers before the campaign. Um, The other, and then the the email sequence, you know, what we really try to do is we, we tell people, well, Russell, mostly Russell tells people this, but I'll repeat it for you. Um, We basically tell people to, um, get your, get your audience ready for your campaign. Like get them, get them, um, get them knowing it, get them understanding your campaign, get them excited about your campaign. Um, do all of those things in preparation for your campaign. Cause you want your audience to show up in the first five days. Um, so ideally the first or second day, um, I, and ideally some of them show up the first day. So you definitely want that. Um, but you want people to show up, you know, when uh, right when you launch. And so in order to do that, you've got to get them excited. You've got to get them knowing about the date. You've got to get them understanding um, and and having some idea of what they're going to back uh, before you go. So then the next thing, um, what else can you do? So, so there's already lots of good things to do. Um, one of the other things Russell does is once you have your campaign ready to go, you can send out a link for feedback. So it's called like a preview page. So you can send that out ahead of time and people can offer you feedback. And a lot of times what you'll get from that is people who are just like, I don't understand this campaign. Um, so, you know, feedback is hard. It's hard to receive. Um, but, you know, people just saying like, I don't get this. I'm not interested in this. This doesn't excite me, um, that type of stuff. And so, uh, he does a lot of that and we recommend doing that too. So then another question we get, so kind of pushback on everything I just said is some version of this question. And then this is kind of the end of this, um, this episode. It's something like, uh, I, can't really like people on my email list will not buy my books or they will not join my group or post a review or whatever it is like i can't get my email list to do to take any action that i ask them to take um so how are they going to support the kickstarter campaign and the answer to that from us is that um you're right like like you're right basically you you know if you can't get your email list to take action it's because they are not like I don't know how you built your email list but they are not interested and engaged in what you're doing um, is what it comes down to and so what Russell has done is you know he he well, and what he suggests and what I agree with is to run a campaign to see who on your email list is actually, like interested in what you're doing and is, you know, interested in buying. So you could have an email list of 5,000 people and you run a Kickstarter campaign and you find that only a hundred of those people are actually interested in your work, actually interested in buying something from you um, on Kickstarter. And so you may, and, and we encourage you to do this for retailers too, like send out emails and say like, you know, see who is willing to buy an ebook from you, for example, and like segment out those people. And so that's how we think about this is, you know, if you have a list of five thousand, that number doesn't mean a lot unless you can convert them. Um and you're not going to be able to convert everyone and um you know, of course it stings when, <laughs> when you find out, like, like sometimes the truth stings is what it really is. Um, sometimes you have a huge email list and that number feels good or like doing something, doing something marketing wise has felt good, but it's not able to produce the result that you actually want. And so sometimes having that information is painful and like makes you feel bad. And, you know, maybe even makes you feel like a failure. But then, um, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's good to have that information. So, you know, you have a 5,000 person email list, you only get 50 of those people to convert. Um, that's okay. It just means that you need to kind of rebuild your email list in some way. And I'm not saying trash those 5,000 people. Um, I would, there, there's a, uh, there's a software company called Sendinblue that will let you store emails um like like an endless number of emails. So I would keep those emails um because obviously they were interested in something you were doing at some point and it's worth it to continue to try to convert them, but I would not I would not like expect Um, Like I wouldn't say, oh, I have a five thousand person email list, and I want to convert ten percent to the Kickstarter, which is five hundred. I would say I would look at that and say, okay, this this particular email list that I built converts at one percent. let's take those 1% of people, the 50 people who like actually like what I'm doing and let's see what is the commonalities between them and let me see how I can find more of them. And then I would start my email list again and kind of build from there with that deeper knowledge of who actually likes my stuff. And so I think there's a lot of value you can get. And again, you know, this is something where it's like, you're never, like you're never gonna wave a magic wand and not have to build your audience, um, and not have to like build, rebuild your audience. Even um, this is something that everybody from the person who has not even published a book yet, all the way up to the multi-seven figure author, like like they they say the same things. They say the same things. They're like like with the multi-seven figure author, they're like I have a list. Of 120,000 people, and you know, I'm only getting like 10,000 pre orders. Um, so wh- which is good, like t- that, that's a lot of pre orders, just to be clear. Um, but they they have the same question. <laughs> it's like, I have this huge list, like, how do I get the other 110,000 people to pre order this book on Amazon? Um, they have a lot of the same questions, so it really comes down to, um, You have to do like this process of marketing, which is, you know, putting your stuff out there, seeing who's interested, gathering those people to an email list or social media or an ad group or whatever, gathering those people, putting another thing in front of them, seeing how many of them like that, um, putting that new thing in front of new people, seeing if you can bring more people in. And then seeing if those new people like the old thing you did. Um, so, so there's, it's just like this never ending cycle of like finding people and there's always going to be churn. There's always uh, and churn is when you lose people like that's very common. Um, it's unavoidable. So I think just um, depersonalizing that process, like don't make it about yourself. Don't make it mean anything about you because it doesn't. And letting and and, like committing to that process committing to like when you commit to that process you're committing to your own work you're committing to yourself um and just realizing like whatever i create like i can find an audience for it um and it may not be the audience that i have but like i'm committed to finding new people for that so every author i talk to even the author with the hundred twenty thousand. Um, person email list, their biggest question is, how do I find new readers? Um, they so, so like you're not alone. Doesn't matter who you are. Everybody is trying to find new readers. Everybody's business is only thriving when they're able to find new readers. Um, and, and so like every project has to find new readers. It, it's very, very important. So just keep that in mind. Uh, and hopefully that. I think for some people that makes you feel like, ah, oh, like I can't do this anymore. And I hope that's not the case, but for some people, hopefully it's kind of like, okay, like I'm not alone in this. I get it. I can commit to this process. Cause, cause it is, that's the other thing is that it's a process. It's not luck. It's not like, like the most successful authors, they are not lucky. Um, it is not luck that is getting them there. Um, o- almost ever at like, like when I talk to them anyway, it's always, you know, they, they stick with it through the ups and downs and they have those ups and downs and they have like that person with the 120,000 person email list. They are still asking themselves, am I, is my author brand strong enough to like, you know, to put out this next thing? Like they're, they're always asking themselves the same question. Um, even like Russell and I talk about this all the time. Like, even though he, you know, both of us have done $40,000 Kickstarter campaigns, but every single time we launch, we wonder, like, is this, is, is anyone going to show up to this? Like, even if you have, like right now I have 150 followers or 146 followers on my next project. Um, and it's a fiction project, which is crazy for me because I, I don't, do, I, I haven't historically had that um, kind of interest in my fiction on Kickstarter. Um, My last project, it took me six months to get to 50 followers. So um, yeah, that was, that was hard. I had, I had a 5,000 person list, uh, 5,000 plus person list, Um, but I was, it was taking me forever to get to 50 followers. Um, So like that, but like even that campaign, I'm like, I, I don't know if anyone's going to show up to this campaign when it starts. Like I, I fear that still. So um probably by the time you're watching this probably will know and probably there were at least some people who showed up <laughs> but uh yeah that's still a fear so you're not alone in dealing with this um you have people around you you have support and it doesn't matter how much you know how much more success the person that you're comparing yourself to has they they still have the same insecurities as you um i i guarantee it because I talk to them well because people see me as successful and I still have insecurities and Russell is the same, he still has insecurities. And then I talk to people at all levels. Like I talked to a lot of authors, um, and, and they're at all different levels and they have all the same questions and all the same insecurities. So Um, Hopefully that's a little bit motivating. I don't know. All right. So that is how we think about pre-launch. I hope this has been helpful to you. Thank you so much for watching and listening and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for hanging out with Monica and Russell on the Kickstart Your Book Sales podcast. If you found this episode helpful, Make sure to visit kickstartyourbooksales.com slash free to download our best resources to help supercharge your author career and take it to the next level starting today.